Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, I'm glad you're here today, and, and uh, more importantly, I'm glad my father's here today. That was a surprise. I wasn't really expecting him here today, so it's, it's a blessing to have uh, your 61st Father's Day celebrated here. Amen. 61 years of being a, a parent plus. I mean, that's an accomplishment right there, and many of you are right behind that and, and catching up slowly. That little video shows you glimpses of what men are, and there's so much more than just what you saw in that little video. But each one of those examples of mentor, of somebody that we can look up to, are examples that our Heavenly Father clearly give us through the Word of God. Amen? And it's, it's that because I understand that for some of us, we didn't have that father growing up. You, you may have been missing that peace in your life, and, and I get that. But know this, that your Heavenly Father loves you. Amen? He loves you. And I'm, I'm so glad that we had, my brother Reuben and I had such a great example of a hardworking, ethical, honest man that provided for his family, hardworking and wonderful and provider for the family, and hardworking, and did I mention he was a hardworking man and still is? And he gave us a great example to, to four of his children, and each of us as children have followed that example to the best of our ability. Um, and I'm so thankful for my papa, you know. Love you, papa. Amen. Give him a big hand clap. He's been around now for 86 years, and I hope to get there one day. But here's the, here's the sad news. In our, in our society, 50% of families are raised without a father figure in the home. And that's because of the division we see now. We see that, I mean, all of you, maybe some of you here were raised in homes without a father. Or some of you know of immediate family members that are raised without a father. And it impacts us. There's no denying that that impacts you. Whether it's a father or a mother that's missing in the picture, it's a huge, huge impact. There's a real man balancing act that goes on. And by the way, I've titled this today, because we've been on the series of restoration, I've titled this Restored, or The Restored Real Man. The Restored Real Man. But there's a balancing act in the lives of fathers because we're, we're expected to be so much more now than in previous generations. How many dads would agree with me now? I mean, you're, you're not only just supposed to provide, you're supposed to do the housekeeping, the, uh, the, the gardening, the, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, filling the needs. You know, it's, it's much more than just simply providing for the family. That's, that's an expected thing nowadays. How many women out there would agree with me, right? And they're all kind of shaking their head. Yeah, somewhat, kind of. But it's a balancing act. And it doesn't come easy. Especially for men that didn't have that example in their lives. Or maybe uh, uh, those family members, those husbands out here that didn't have a father. You know, just period, growing up. And here's what I do know, that angerness or bitterness because of that situation towards your father, your earthly father, translates into an anger or bitterness towards your heavenly father. That can easily happen. And I want to remind you that 
If you don't let go, if you don't let go and seek forgiveness, seek healing, you will cling on to that. Forgiveness and bitterness are such a root of evil that just clings to our heart if we allow it. And that will damage every relationship that you have. It will damage every single relationship. Not only that, the angry and bitter man will be unable to love his spouse or his children the way God truly intended. So if you want to be a restored, real man, don't, don't try to be perfect. God's not looking for a perfect man because they don't exist. Ladies, did you hear that? They don't exist. It, they only exist in that Harlequin romance novel or whatever it was that you read many, many years ago. God's just looking for a restored, real man. That's what he's looking for today. And so my question to you, fathers, husbands today, are you wanting to be a restored, real man? I'm not just talking about a man, you know, I'm a man, you know. Um, I'm talking about a restored, real man in the eyes of the Lord. Are you truly a restored, real man? If you'll just stand with me just for the brief reading of God's word today in Ezekiel, found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22 and verse 30. I'm going to read one verse. It says this. I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we, we know that your word is real. We pray right now that your word would just come out and flow from my lips into our hearts and our, through our ears, Lord. And that, Father, that we would receive today the blessing of being a father. Of, of knowing how to become that restored, real man that you want us to become. It's never too late. And Father, we thank you that we can come to the feet of the cross and learn from you every single time we enter a service like this. We love you, Lord, today, and we pray your blessings upon each father here today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I quickly want to walk you through some points here that I have for you. I promise I won't take too much of your time because I know some of you got to go to barbecues and have uh, dinners this, this afternoon, early dinners or suppers, however you call them. Uh, but the first point I have is a restored real man loves God. A restored real man loves God. You cannot love your family the way God intended, the way you were created to unless you love God. It has to start there. We have this umbrella that we always talk about. We talk about putting God first, then your spouse, then your children, then your job. If any of those are out of order, your life is going to be out of order. It's going to be in disorder. But when you have those in that proper order, there's something of... of of a blessing that comes upon you as a father, as a family man, upon your children, upon your workplace, upon those that know you. Amen? A restored real man, first of all, loves God. It's the basis upon which all happiness is found in your relationships. The book of Matthew, chapter 6, and I'm just going to read these verses. And also I want to uh, welcome those that are watching online. Welcome to our service today, Father's Day service. But we're turning to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. 
And all these scriptures I'm going to be reading are from the NIV version. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And everybody say all. All. Because that's what it says. And all these things will be given to you as well. So man of God today, what is it that you're seeking? What is it that you're lacking? Because the word of God says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you. And, he, and let me just make this point real quick. He's not talking about the gated community, the house of the gated community. He's not talking about the, the nice Ferrari or the nice Corvette or, or the membership at the, at the 18-hole golf course down the street or the nice healthy 401k. I mean, those things are great and we should all strive for those and, and plan for those. But what God here is talking about is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things, the broken families. The broken relationships, the unforgiveness, the bitterness. He'll take care of that for you because you're putting him in the number one spot of your life. And then guess what he does? He does bring you those other things I just mentioned. They just come as blessings. We could, I could just call on you and ask for example after example of what God has done in your life. And you could tell me stories, I'm sure, just like I could tell you testimonies of what God has done in my life. Amen? When you put... God first and seek his kingdom and his righteousness. The, 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 the way I look at scripture sometimes is when I look at it and I look at the opposite of what that's declaring. So here would be if I don't seek his kingdom and his righteousness, if I seek that last, then I'll never get these other things given to me. Right? The things I just mentioned. I'll never have right relationships with God with people around me. I look at things like that. Well, what is it saying in the reverse, if, if you could say that? And that helps me sometimes to understand the scripture even, even better. But clearly here the Lord is telling not only men, but every one of us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. If you do not have a right relationship with God, it's a futile exercise to think that you're going to be relating, relating to others or that you can relate to others. It's a futile exercise. How many know people that um, you, you choose not to hang around with, right? It's like they have an attitude problem. They have, you know, you know what I'm talking about. People that have attitude problems, you don't want to hang out with them. You've got better things to do than hang out with people with attitude problems. I can tell you right now, for the most part, they don't have a right relationship with God. They are struggling in that area. If you're running from God, you will never have peace. Everybody say peace. Can I tell you one thing? You can't buy peace. You cannot buy it. You can look all over the land and pay lots of money, but you can't buy it. You can go to counselors, you can speak to Pastor Rick, you can seek counseling for, for things, but peace comes from our Heavenly Father. The Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, he says he gives you the, the peace that passes all understanding. Only God can do that. Not the palm reader, not the psychic, not some counselor. Settle that matter first of all with God. Lord, I want peace between you and I. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Listen to what Isaiah in chapter 57 and verse 21 says. 
There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. Aren't you glad you're not part of the wicked anymore? That you have come out of the wicked and that you are no longer part of that? Because let me tell you, when you're not living for God, you do not have peace. You do not have peace. My second point today is a, re a restored real man loves his wife. A restored real man loves his wife. Most husbands just assume love is physical. It's much more than that. While that is certainly a part of love, it's not all of it. Let me read to you and refresh your memories, men, what it says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 33. I'm going to take some time to read this. Because husbands and fathers today, as much as we celebrate you, we also got to educate you. Amen? And all the women said? Amen. Oh, that was kind of loud. All right. Listen up. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his mother or his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Verse 33, the last verse. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Amen? That was for you, husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's a sacrificial love at times. That means doing sometimes what she wants to do, even though you, wanna, you have your heart set on doing this, or going somewhere when she wants to go over here. It's, it's about sacrifice. It's about tenderly caring for them when they're sick. Watching over them. Being with them. I always bring up my, my uncle, Tim Reyes, who was the greatest example I've ever seen in caring for his, his late wife, my aunt, who passed away. And she had Alzheimer's and dementia. And as she passed, he cared for her all the way up to the very end. And he never complained. You know, he, he cared for her. He showed her what true love is. And that, that is a man I respect because of the sacrifice that he did, that he showed. And that was how he showed his love toward his, his, his spouse. Amen. Real love seeks to meet all the needs of another person. Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not going to read that chapter. The whole chapter is about love. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's the definition of real love, of what God says is real love. We, we watch too many movies sometimes and think, oh, that's what love is. No, that's what love is. Because every, everything you look at in society tells you a different story. They tell you love is just about a physical thing, a physical attraction. Love is 
That's a small part of it. A very small part of it. Love is so much bigger than that. Amen? Romantic actions are not a man, a, a abandonment of your manliness. Because I know some men are very romantic and some of the women said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Open the car door. Pull out her chair when you go out to dinner. The little things that somehow have lost their place in our society. Men, do you still open the car door for your spouse? Do you still pull out the chair for her when you're seated at dinner? Do you, God forbid, you stand when a woman comes in your presence. Remember how people used to do that? Men would always stand up and, and God forbid you shake a woman's hand while seated. Oh, I mean, those are all crimes right there, right? Of previous generations. But in the modern generation, we've lost that. Amen. That's actually being romantic. It's showing your spouse how much you love them and how much you respect them. So now you're all going to be watching me if I open the door for Anna. And yes, I do open the door for her. Amen. It's not only that, but holding her hand. Sometimes just grabbing her hand. And holding it. Helping her make the bed. Lowering the lid on the toilet. Can I go there? Yes, I just did. That's a big complaint at homes. The list is endless. We can keep on going. Those are all small gestures, but they add up. They make a big, big difference, man. I'm giving you help, some man here. Helping you out. Your sons are learning from you how to treat your wives. Can I tell you that today? Men, how you treat your spouse, guess what you're doing? You're educating your son and your daughter how a spouse should be treated. How you show them. Do you respect them? Do you talk back to them? Do you yell at them? Do you cuss at them? I mean, God forbid, but those are the things they're going to see that are okay when they get to that point of having a relationship. It's very important, men, especially for us that have daughters. How are you treating your spouse? Because that's what they're going to look for when they get married. That, that man that abuses his wife, guess what happens? There's a cycle for a reason. It happens because it was ingrained into them. They saw it. And it perpetuates generation after generation. I don't understand it, but it just happens that way. Men, how are you treating your spouse? The third point today is a restored real man loves his children. Love is more than providing material things. I mean, face it, men, all of us want to give a, a, a trip to our kids to Disneyland. <coughs> all of us want to give them a trip to, you know, Disney World. But we can't always do that. It'd be great if we could, if we could answer their every desire. Dad, I want this. Dad, I want that. Dad, I need a new computer. Dad, I need a, I want a TV in my room. Stop. We already have two other TVs. And on and on. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't miss your children's childhood. <coughs> There's no second chance. Thank you. There's no second chance at childhood. How many know that men, 
Your children grow, grow fast. They're, they're infants one day, but they're married, it seems like, in a couple days. That's how fast it goes. When discipline is required, do it in love. Do it in love. Don't just be the mean man that needs to lay down the law. Do it in love. How many ever heard the speech, well, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you, right? We've all, maybe you had a dad like that. Um, it's going to hurt. No, it's not. I'm the one getting hit. But discipline, when you do it, do it in love. Don't do it out, out of anger. Never. <coughs> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will be discouraged. And they'll also learn to, to hate you and be angry at you. Don't embitter your children. Love them. You want to know why children have hate in their heart towards their parents, their dads especially? Because of that. If you embitter your children, they will grow up with anger in their heart and resentment. Fathers, let's do better than that. Children learn to interpret time spent with them as love. You know, one of the wonderful things, I, memories I have as a child is uh, I remember my dad would always get home around 5 o'clock, seemed like, every day, Monday through Friday, right around 5 o'clock. And then he'd get, out, he'd get out of his truck, his Ford truck, he'd bring out his lunch pail, and uh, we'd be usually playing catch or playing ball in the backyard or the front yard, and then we'd ask, hey, Daddy, Papa, you want to play catch? And here he is after putting, you know, eight, nine hours of hard work in a blue-collar construction-type job, and here he would put his stuff away and he'd play catch with us. How great is that? How great is that? Spending time with your children. There, there is this thing of quality time, not quantity, but how are you spending your time? Are you Because your children look at those times and they desire to be with you. They desire to be with you. Amen? My fourth point, I've only got five. My fourth point, a restored real man is a man of integrity. Say that word with me, integrity. Meaning to do just, justly, walk uprightly. Integrity has almost become a forgotten word. In fact, the late author C.S. Lewis said it this way, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. How many of us can truly say you are doing the right thing even though nobody's around? When your boss isn't around, when that person that's supposed to check up on you is not around, when your spouse isn't around, when your children aren't around, are you able to say, yes, I walked with integrity in that moment? Because again, you can't buy integrity just like you can't buy peace. Politicians and politics lack integrity. There's no denying that. It's everywhere in our world. Every week there's some scandal of some politician lacking integrity. But the truth be told, it should permeate every area of our life. Integrity is very simple. Just do the right thing. It's very simple. It's not complicated. You, you don't have to go to a four-year university to learn that. Did you know that? 
Integrity is just doing the right thing. Men, do the right thing. Show your family, show your children, show your grandchildren how to do the right thing. Don't take shortcuts or lies or lie about it. Do the right thing and you will not go wrong. It will never, ever fail you. An honest day's work. Fulfill promises because there's nothing worse than having a re, uh, an adit or a reputation of being someone that never shows up on time, never fulfills their promises. You know, that, that's the opposite of integrity. Integrity is fulfilling your word. What happened to the days of just shaking a hand? Now everything's got to be spelled out as a contract. You got to sign on the dollar line. You got to sign an NDA. You got to do this and do that because people don't trust you with a handshake. That, those are the days of integrity. We need to get back to those days. How many would agree with me on that? Yeah, yeah. Amen? If you owe somebody, pay them. I'm not just talking about your bank, your, your, your bills, but if you owe somebody, pay them back promptly. Don't let it lag out. Don't let it destroy a relationship. Don't let it ruin your relationship. Amen? Amen. I'm gonna, I, I gotta stop there because I'll keep beating that one up. Number five, and the final point is this. A restored real man is a role model of God. Do you know that the image of a father is now not always a good one? The term deadbeat dad, I don't think it existed in the 50s, did it? Had you ever heard that term, a deadbeat dad? No, of course not. But now, everybody here knows what a deadbeat dad is. That's the generation that we live in. God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Again, as I mentioned at the outset, over half the children in America grow up without a father figure in the home. Often abandoned by their father, they grow up without knowing how to, how to become a father. Not only that, but sexual abuse by the father is on the rise. We hear of stories and terrible crimes committed. Then we tell our children that God is our heavenly father. Is there a wonder why they fear God? Is there a wonder why they don't want to have nothing to do with a father in heaven? Because of the way they saw the way their physical father treated them? That's the society and the generation we live in, unfortunately. Fathers, let me remind you again, you are shaping your child's concept of his heavenly father every single day. You are teaching them today what the concept is of our heavenly father. And as I get ready to close today, the word of God is challenging you to be a restored, real man. Men, join me in wanting to be a restored, real man. Lord, restore me to where you want me to be as a real man, as a father today. Will you also be a restored, real man to your children as well as your spouse and to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and all the, the people in your life? Amen. I want you men right now to turn to the outline that you have in your hands, if you have one. If you don't have one, raise your hand. One will be given to you. I want you to just look at these as I read them with you. There's seven points I have there. 
And I want to go through these as we close. Number one, a restored real man is committed to honoring Jesus Christ through worship, prayer, and obedience to God's word in the power of the Holy Spirit. Starts with being committed to God, as we mentioned. Number two, a restored real man is committed to pursuing vital relationships with a few other men, understanding that he needs brothers to help him keep his promises. That's the important part of fellowship. Fellowship with brothers. I mean, women do this very good. You do it so naturally, women. And us men, we fall short on that. We, we do it, but not as well as women. Women just instantly can bond with one another. And, and they can uh, be transparent with one another. Men were a little bit more, well, I don't know if I want to share. You know, we're just a little bit tougher on the outside. We need to help each other in doing that. We did that this Friday when we had our barbecue, our men's barbecue. We had a, about 20 people turn out for that. We had a wonderful time. Number three, a restored real man is committed to practicing spiritual, moral, ethical, and sexual purity means if you're, the last part, if you're married, that's your wo woman, that's your wife. It's not the one walking down the street. It's not the one across the aisle. Your wife is your woman. Amen? No, I, I need an amen on that one. Amen? Amen. They were thinking about that one. Okay. Number four. A restored real man is committed to building strong marriages and families through love, protection, and biblical values. Number five, a restored real man is committed to supporting the mission of his church by honoring and praying for his pastor, by actively giving his time and resources. Just a quick comment on that. We can't do this without your help here every Sunday. We can't do it. It's just a, a simple fact. We can't be in this building without each of you. So I thank you for your giving of your time, talents, and resources. You amaze me. You blow me away all the time. Amen. The seventh one is, a restored real man is committed to reaching beyond any racial and denominational barriers to demonstrate the power of biblical unity. More than ever in our generation, we have to become more uni unified. There is so much division in our world that is pulling us apart, politically, racially. In the church, we can't stand for that. We don't have time for that. God loves all people. Amen? God loves you. He loves me. Look at us right here. We're all different colors in here today. It's just a little bit of heaven. What heaven's going to look like? If you don't like what it looks like in here or like what it's going to look like in heaven, I'm going to... I need to pray for you. Amen. And then the final point is a restored real man is committed to influencing his world. Being obedient to the great commandment and the great commission and I've spelled out the two scriptures there for you so you can read them. Why don't you stand with me now? <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this afternoon. I thank you for these men that are here today that are truly wanting to become the best man they can ever be. Not a perfect man, but Lord, a restored real man. And I pray, God, that each one of them today, they may have 
seeing something that they need to work on in their life. That something that would that was encouraging to them today, that they heard that they will begin applying in their life. Lord, I know none of this happens without your help. So I pray, God, your blessing, that you would shower each man with your strength, with your comfort, with your encouragement, and with your peace, with integrity. Show us how to live lives of integrity. Show us how to live lives of, of honesty, of being a, a man of our word. Lord, teach us how to do that, even more so as the days appear evil. It's so different than what the world teaches, Lord, to be a real godly man, a restored real man. And I pray that today, that all of us as men would seek that, that our blessings would flow in our relationship with our spouse, with our children, with our grandchildren. Father, we thank you for taking care of us. I pray for this continued cold that I've been battling all week. I pray for the complete healing in this, Lord, today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for showering down your blessings upon us today. Now I pray your blessing upon them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. God bless you all. Have a wonderful and great Father's Day. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.